Hi, this is Andrew from TBTL, and whenever I miss those good old days of getting beat up on the schoolyard, I like to pour myself a nice tall glass of wine and relax and listen to the Little Red Bandwagon podcast. Enjoy. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the Too Beautiful to Live radio show slash podcast. On Mondays, we bring you a recap of the week's TBTL episodes. But on Saturdays, like this one, we bring you a guest. Then they will play a clip that meant a lot to them. We'll, we'll also find out the guest history with TBTL, and we'll hash over uh, the clip. And also, you know, we, we like to do our our normal chumming around, find out about Christie's life as well. But... Uh, to do this show, I need a lot of help, and the first person who helps me, I'm right here in the house tonight of Jeremy Holmes, so I'm not <laughs> feeling very safe right now. I don't, I don't feel like I'm in a safe space. He says he's putting his daughter to bed. I think he's putting together some way to get rid of me. But um, so Jeremy's in the other room, but I have Christy right here. Hi, Christy. Hello. Hello. Nice to see you, Christy. Nice to see you. Literally seeing each other. <laughs> and on the video screen, she can't see us, which is a good thing, uh, but we can see her. April Love is our guest. April, a welcome to the Little Red Bandwagon. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Has it been a childhood dream of yours to be on a podcast about a podcast of which you are a listener <laughs> and not a member? <laughs> Uh, it was kind of sad explain, trying to explain it to my uh, husband and my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were at my house. Uh, well, we, uh, my mom was visiting during Memorial Day and I was, te- you know, I kept, my phone kept buzzing and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm arranging to be on a podcast about that podcast I listened to. And they were just like, what is wow. wrong with you? <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. I never yeah. thought about yeah. that aspect of it having to explain that i have our guests having to explain it because us at least we're doing it every week and eventually we can we can get their mind around it but just a one-time thing people are going oh my god what is she doing over there oh my it's not even on my mom's radar so you know she doesn't even have a clue but josh he hears about he's an 11 so he (laughs) he hears enough of it but uh, he just gave me the judgmental eyebrows is what i call it yeah he has very distinct eyebrows, so um, yeah, I can feel the judgment. He doesn't have to say anything. Well, we'll get to your interview, and we'll talk to you about Josh. I believe uh, you're fairly newly married, right? Yes, yes, uh, okay. last September. We'll so. get into that and in the discussion of his his role as an 11. Um, be- <laughs> before we do that, we are going to ha- – we just have one subject on our must-discuss list, and then, of course, later we'll play your clip, how to get involved, and we have a housekeeping um, we have a housekeeping segment tonight, including a big green grasshoppers update for this week. But the only thing that we must discuss right now, Christy, is is if someone's listening to this on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, this is the last chance for them to attend. We have a lot of maybes on the list for our get-together Saturday night at Patty yes. Coins. We have a lot of maybes, and we also have some people that are coming that you know have openly said how shy they are. Right. So I want to make you know, I want to use this as an opportunity to just make a last second plea. This is not like uh, any other radio station gathering or any other BS gathering you've ever been to. There are a lot of people that are probably going to be pretty intoxicated with a lot of love in their hearts <laughs> yes. at this thing. And we, 
don't don't even worry. I mean, if if anybody says any any mean things to anyone, I'm gonna punch Jeremy. So. <laughs> no, that. Oh wait, that did I say? Incentive. I mean, punch the person that says the weird. Anyway, Christy, you make a you make a. a Everyone point. should come out. Yes, the the last time we, well the the last TBTL event I attended, I met Jeremy. So take that as you will. <laughs> oh, and I did meet my wife at a at a TBTL exactly. Event. She wouldn't give me the time of day, right? Uh, but well, those I, cargo shorts. Yeah, the, would she? yeah, yeah. The denim vest, the cargo <laughs> shorts, the the brown eyes that she claimed that I had. I mean, I it is a chance. A TBTL event is a chance to make an impression. It's not always a good one, right? At least for me. <laughs> but but I got in there, got me in the game, and yeah, you found your you found your right, and then moon and stars. <laughs> last and then last time you came, we put together a, a takedown podcast meet Mike event. And that was really mm-hmm. fun. It was very um, low key. We mm-hmm. had a room. Yeah. Um, are yeah, we are good. we are we gonna have a room at Patty Coins? We have one. It's nice. reserved. Nice. Nice. And no people. So Irish mafia. <laughs> so the uh, so the people you'll you'll really want to meet are all going to be down in that room. So come meet them. I promise everyone's nice. Yes. I wouldn't be friends with people that aren't nice. That's just a fact. That's so, true. Um, Chris, well, Matt Baca. Well, <laughs> <laughs> April April knows Matt well. He's also right. yeah. he's also a Denver. Um, but uh, the reason there are other reasons to be friends with Matt Baca. It, Mainly so he has your back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Because <laughs> you don't want him at your front. <laughs> all right. Um, Christy, that's all I have for must discuss. Uh, let's get into it. All right. Well, welcome, April, to the show. Thank you. And um, let's start with how did you find out about TBTL? Okay, well, um, I travel a lot for my job. And so I started listening to podcasts and I was a big fan of NPR. Uh, but for some reason, NPR doesn't like to do podcasts, or at least way back when I started listening, um, they didn't like to do podcasts of things like All Things Considered. I don't know if they do that anymore, but um, but back then they wouldn't they wouldn't do a whole show. So I was searching around on the NPR podcast and I discovered the Bryant Park Project, and that was the first time I had heard of Luke. And I really liked that show, even though Luke craps all over it. But um, <laughs> it was a nice show because it was a little bit more updated for a younger audience and the producers of that show were fantastic. Um, I thought so. Well, can, can I say about that uh, Bryant park project? Um, it seemed to me, everybody I know, I, I did not listen to the Bryant park project. I didn't even know it existed at the time, but, uh, everyone who came to the show through the, through that Bryant park project agrees that there was so much talent uh, mm-hmm. working on that show. And also if, I mean, I won't say everyone agrees about this, but I know Emily will, would say that the only thing that was terrible, terrible about that show was Allison Stewart. And she was the only yeah. thing that they, mm-hmm. they found indispensable to the show. Right. NPR. So that's right. a problem. 
Yeah. And the sad thing is, I mean, that was the first time that I had listened to a a podcast and became part of a community because it was very similar to TPTL as far as fan involvement and their social media and having people um, be interviewed by the producers of the show or, or mm-hmm. I don't know if Allison Stewart really did much of that, but um I was in talk with one of the producers to do a mini segment. I think it was called where I live or something like that. And it was basically a little microcosm of your neighborhood and you'd give a little spiel and show, they would show some photos on the blog or something like that. And my, I had to work in New York city for a couple of weeks and they were going to have me go to the studio and all of that. And the day I was supposed to go to the studio I open up the entertainment section of the New York Times and on there it's the in the there's just an article that says Bryant Park project canceled. Oh. <laughs> and it was the worst experience ever because that is how the staff found out that they that show oh. was canceled was through the New York Times. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, devastating. I mean, what a horrible way to find out you lost your job. And then here's your this little nerd fan going, uh, what do I do? And <laughs> the producers are like, well, you can still come to the show if you want. And now, it was the most depressing thing I had ever seen. April, um, that's, was that segment yeah. going to be about your job? Because I, I know you have a really interesting job and they've yeah. never featured it on TVTL. Were they going to do that on Bryant Park? No, no, that, um, well, we're supposed to keep our identities oh. secret. So I'm not supposed to say my company name if I'm going to say my full name. So um, we won't be able to talk about my specific company, but we can talk about my job a little bit if you want. Um, Did you you ever thought about about turning that in, turning in your job as that, what are we doing as a, what are we doing here? Or is that, that sort of secrecy thing a little too iffy? No, I, I suggested that to Jen once and she just uh, shot it down, but I think it's, I don't know if she thought it was, like too much promotion for a company or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know, but she she didn't like that idea. So I I mean, people ask me about my job all the time. So can you go and ahead and fascinated by it. just give it a just oh, yeah. give a broad probably stroke should of it. tell you what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's my so fault for bringing I, it up. Don't worry about it. No, that's okay. I inspect and rate hotels and restaurants for a major company that is involved in travel and. Um, that's that. So right now I'm in the small mountain village of Estes Park, Colorado. Um, you can probably see the hotel room. Well, you probably can't see much <laughs> of it, but I'm in a hotel room and I do a lot of driving and I show up unannounced to hotels and just introduce myself and say I'm there to do an inspection and they have to accommodate the inspection and I do a rating system with them. And then the restaurants are just completely anonymous. I have certain restaurants I have to eat in every year and then I can add any restaurant I want to. And that's a anonymous uh, evaluation. They don't know I'm there. And then for certain select hotels, uh, the, the high-end hotels, uh, we do an, un, um, an anonymous overnight service evaluation. So when I first started, we would do that for, um, well, we do a rating scale of one to five, and I would do it for the fours and fives, so the high-end. And then they cut out the fours. <laughs> and so now we just do it for the fives. <laughs> so... Um, but that's why I was in New York. I was doing a bunch of fours and fives just to get that experience. Um, and yeah, I got to go to a meetup party with the with the sad, sad, talented people of the Bryant Park. Oh Project. my gosh! So everyone was there. All the all the <laughs> Pashman was there. 
Um, yes, Dan Pesca Cashman was there. and Mike Pesca. I got to meet Allison Stewart and her husband um, is an awesome guy. He's, he's involved in sports talk. So I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I forget his name, but anyway, he was awesome. And I was like, wow. This, yeah. The only person who seemed kind of like a stick in the mud was, was Alice. <laughs> Emily, I mean, Emily sure. says that, that Allison Stewart uh, was completely convinced that she was the only woman in the world who'd ever had a baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the sad thing was I didn't know her that well or anything like that. I'm obviously I'm just in some weirdo in Colorado, but, um, I knit her uh, for her baby. Um, I can't remember. If, I think it was a hat that looked like a um, a chicken, like a chi- chicken legs. It had the chicken legs coming out of it. Nice. <laughs> um, but she seemed she was very enthusiastic when I sent that to her. But um, it, yeah, it was just like a like the hat was like. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. It was a Viking hat. That's what it was. It was a Viking nice. hat because I think her husband was into the Vikings, and that's why I did mm. it. But who knows? That was a long time ago and I have a bad memory so <laughs> and I don't even knit anymore so uh, but anyway do you so yeah, you there's a um pretty tight-knit or there was tight-knit group of tens in Denver and you called yourself the Tenverse right is that correct That's and correct. I yes. think you kind of were the godfather of that is that correct no actually huh? I would say um Robin Robin DeGrasse uh, Dave's, she's the um, person with Matt Baca. I think they started the first Timber meetup um, and Facebook page. So it was those two who were involved in getting it started. But I, I did, well, I tried to show up to the first meeting, but we got lost. There was some, they, they made it at a bar that got closed. And then, you know, the people who were there on time <laughs> went to a different bar. And so, me and my ex-boyfriend at, were like wandering around the sketchy area of Denver trying to find the, the Timbers. <laughs> but you, you've been, have you been on the show ever? I've been on the show three times. Um, so the first time I was on the show um, it was after uh, Mike's interviews, which, I mean, talk about a TBTL moment. That Those interviews really... I know we're going to talk about other segments that, you know, seal the deal, but that's, those interviews were just captivating to me. <laughs> so um, anyway, my, my boyfriend at the time, we decided we were going to make Prezine. And so <laughs> we, we did the, the fish um, Prezine with uh, goldfish crackers. So terrible, or... But I can't remember what, was it cornflakes? The mackerel, it was, it was mackerel with uh, goldfish. Oh, goldfish. <laughs> Yeah, it was terrible. tasty. Oh, it's it, terrible? Well, well, it was under-seasoned. I think that's okay. what we didn't realize about making mackerel from a can is that it needs a little salt or something, at least the, the canned mackerel that we had. Um, so it was a little flavorless. Um, but anyway, uh, we, we had a bunch of photos and we emailed that in. And so Jen turned that into a, a little segment and interview but the problem was Luke would ask us a question together and I was in a hotel room <laughs> and my ex was at his house. So, so we had no idea who was going to answer the question. So we just kept talking over each other mm. and can't say that was the best um, interview. So what was the next one? And, uh, well, I was training for a half marathon and uh, I asked Luke for some suggestions. Yeah. I said for music oh, right. to listen while I'm running. Mm-hmm. And 
of course that that was when Jen had she was on the show sometimes and it was Luke by himself so I think he was just looking for any human to, <laughs> to interact to, with yeah to interact with yeah, exactly and but the thing about that is I thought it was overall I think it went well but I made such an embarrassing um, I was so nervous about him judging my music taste mm. and he threw out this question of, well, what do you have on your list right now? And I said the phrase bad taste music and I was so embarrassed. That, that's such a horrible phrase, like <laughs> bad taste music. Nobody says that. You know? So I just still, I'm like Andrew, like years oh, later. You still think about, about it? Oh. How awful that was because I, I mentioned Lady Gaga and I knew that, he had kind of, you know, said he couldn't get into her at that time. You know, I think since he's, I, well, it's hard to pin him down right. on certain things. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I had paparazzi on there, and he doesn't like that song. I know, but anyway, so it was just one of those things where I know he's really judgmental about music, or at least the old Luke was, you know, more judgmental about that. And well, it's hard to say. Like <laughs> he goes back and forth between judging people hardcore and then you know, going back and then trying to be more enlightened. So I can't, I can't tell if he's still judgmental about people's music, but, um, but at that time I, I was really nervous about it. But you got him and through, you got him through some dark days. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last time I was on the show, uh, Oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this, but, I was in Seattle for a work conference and I I had emailed Luke and Andrew and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be in Seattle. Is there any way I could watch the show? And I think that was the year that they gave out the prize um, that if you spent a certain amount on the TV telethon, you could go to um, the. <laughs> Christy was on yep. that. I was on that. Yep. Yeah. The tour de so, terrible. Uh, yeah, but uh, but uh, so you could go to the to watch an episode uh, or being taped, mm -hmm. and um, so they were kind of. I didn't get a response. It was just kind of crickets. And before they decided to offer that as a prize, they would let people go to the studio if they were in town, or you know. But this is when it was was in Luke's house, and it was kind of they were still recording sometimes at the studio um, at Cairo, and it was kind of this weird thing. Yeah, and so. Uh, and they were talking about how they had two, you know, it's just Andrew and, and Luke and there were two bros growing it up and they needed a female voice. And I was like, Hey, went to a women's college. This is what a feminist looks like. I've been, you know, I flew to New York. To, I knew, flew to New York to go to, um, you know, uh, Park Slope. We go hard, you know, with Robin. It's like, I, I have my, I have perfect 10 cred and I listed all the things. And, and so, so they must have talked about it, and Andrew was like, well, yeah, I guess you can stop by. But I thought I was just going to go to Cairo, and I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. But then it was actually at Luke's house, and I, I had no idea. I took a cab, and I had no idea because I we for work, they didn't have us rent a car. And so I just took a cab, and I was like, where the hell am I? No. <laughs> just like in this random neighborhood. I don't know Seattle at all. I mean, we were staying, we took the light rail, we were staying downtown, you know, so it was, um, I just had no idea. And I was expecting to see Cairo, like a, like a radio station, mm -hmm. a building, a professional building. And then, um, and then I realized I was standing outside Luke's house and I was like early. Oh, <laughs> you mean you had the address and you yes. thought, you thought you were going to Cairo. 
Yes. Oh, gosh. And then the the cabbie drops you off in front of this giant staircase. Yeah, did you walk the... So you walked the stairs. Yeah, but what's so funny is that that those stairs were were mythical in my mind. (laughs) I was expecting something like three levels of stairs up to this house on a hill. Yeah. And I got there and I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. I'll try (laughs) it with some groceries, though. Right, with groceries. (laughs) Well, yeah. Or or if it was bad weather or something. So I, I understand, but it was kind of funny because the the image you have in your mind of something and <laughs> seeing the reality is a little bit different. Did you and did then, you see the yeah, chamber? Did you visit the chamber while you were in his house? Uh, no, I did not visit the chamber. I was a little nervous because I was it was just Luke and me in his house and it was kind Oh, of no Andrew? Well, they hadn't showed up yet because I was I uh-huh. didn't know how long it would take to get there in the cab and yeah. so I just left early <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was there early and Luke's trying to eat, you know, oh, his lunch. Oh gosh. And, and so it was just kind of awkward. And then, um, and then the, the funniest thing about that interview. So, so I am living with a, a person who is really into football and I feel a little duped because I met him after the Super Bowl or right before the Super Bowl. And then, um, I didn't realize he was super into sports. <laughs> so here's a guy who who is um, plays guitar and he's sensitive and he likes to watch Pride and Prejudice, you know. And uh, and then he like football season comes around and I'm like, what the? Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> he's into fantasy football uh-huh. and it's like hours of just sitting around watching. T- you know, I like this guy. Yeah. I do. I do all that garbage you talked about earlier too, and I also <laughs> love football. <laughs> Yeah, so so I mean, it just threw me for a loop because in my in my experience, like I, I guess I just hadn't met very many, and I and I realize I'm wrong about this, but I just hadn't met very many people who would watch Pride and Prejudice and still be super into fantasy football. So, you know, it was like mind grapes blown. I like to but, uh, I like, when we're watching stuff like that. I like to make football analogies while we're watching <laughs> Jane Eyre, and you know, yeah, I find it really enhances Emily's enjoyment yeah. of the of the broadcast. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Emily and I could bond over that. Um, but uh, so uh, when we we were on the show, or the, right before that that week, I think there was a young gay man who wrote in who said that um, there was that gay football player who came out and and they were talking about that on the show and the impact of that and the meaning of that. And this kid wrote in, or sorry, I shouldn't say kid. Young young man wrote in and it was saying he wanted to get connected with. Um, sports, you know, football, he wants to get into it now that he knows that there's an out gay player and mm-hmm. kind of identified with that. And so I was like, Oh, well, I know this couple who they are self proclaimed sporty gays. That's what they call them. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, so I'm on the show. And I'm like, you know, uh, okay, this is something I can talk about. Of course, Lindy West is there, which I mean, Andrew was drooling over. Oh, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. And so I said, I kind of sat back for most of the show. And then uh, football, I'm like, okay, I can feel your pain because I know, you know, I've been introduced, know nothing about football, suddenly have to care about it a little bit, at least enough to, to talk to my 11 about it. And so um, I was going to expel this advice. And so then I say the term sporty gay and Luke's eyes just like pop open. Like I'd said something, he wasn't sure mm-hmm. if it was offensive or uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> If I was going to say something really homophobic or that, you know, and, and you could just see the, the Seattle, like PC, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yep. wheels turning in his head. And then I got nervous because I was like, oh, is it, 
is that something that like, is this, a, would this be offensive if you're not a gay person, if you say this, like, is this, is this okay to, but I've confirmed that this is an embraced term in the community and it is perfectly fine to say sporty gay. And so I'm, <laughs> I feel better about it now, but it's like, every time I go on that show, I like am nervous and then I say something and then I'm turning around and, you know, I'm embarrassed and I'm pulling an Andrew thinking about it years later going like, why did I say that? And, um, hopefully, hopefully the tens aren't just going like, who is this moron? Why is she, (laughs) how did she get to talk on the show? (laughs) Where did we find this, this troll? So when you, when you came over from, um, Bryant Park Project, were you in from day one or did you just find it later by Googling Luke's name and, and what hooked you? What was the first segment that really got you? Right. So, um, so after the Bryant Park Project was canceled, I'm like, what do I do now? I need something to listen to. And I remember Luke had his show. So I actually didn't start listening to TBTL from day one. It was more I think about three or four months after they had the show had started and that was that right after BPP got canceled and, and Luke started referring to us as the BPP refugees oh. and uh, <laughs> um, because there must've been a big bump for, you know, for the intends um, after the cancellation of that show. And the thing that, that drew me uh, was all of Jen's segments. I mean, th- I, ha- I hate to say it because it sounds like a diss on the show now, but I just, Jen brings this kind of magic that mm-hmm. is just missing from the current show. Just something about her mind and the segments that she came up with that really drew me in from the beginning. And you just know that they're Jen segments because <laughs> they don't exist anymore. So, um, and I'm sure Luke collaborated, but um, the, the, the ones that I miss would be, um, Music for your weekend, why it matters, mm-hmm. cooking with Sean, awesome not awesome, and anything to do with the TBTL players, which I think was part of why it matters. I think they always did that. Yeah, we've been, we've been. Uh, I would say we've probably had at least three TBTL players segments since we've been doing mm-hmm. this show, and they yeah. were not a frequent thing. So that tells me that almost every time the players were on, it landed in some way, whether it was a disaster yeah, yeah. or whether it was really, really good. <laughs> well, it was just, it was so much fun. It was just, it was ridiculous and it was silly and um, I just really enjoyed it. But the um, the thing is, I don't know, it's just, a, it was a completely different show. Mm. It's just really hard to compare that um, to the show now because I really enjoy Andrew and Luke, but Sometimes it is a little too broy for me, and there's not this sense of fun uh, that Jen, you know, she came up with all these w- interesting ideas um, <laughs> and they're playful, and I don't know. There's just a little bit different flavor of show, I think. Well, we, de- um, we definitely miss Jen. The- I think everybody misses Jen on as far as the the organization of it mm-hmm. goes, and yes. and like having a, a theme show. I think the guys are very organized and they hit all their spots, but they don't they don't really do themes. And and I right. think a lot of people do like themes, something to a bow to tie the show around. Well, and I think it it had this; those segments have some sort of personal connection. So when you hear somebody talking about why it matters or what am I doing here, you, you're the interviews that that I like the most are tend to be the ones uh, with non-famous people. 
So just your everyday person and, you know, like the dairy farmer, um, they had a janitor on, uh, the, the, the stories that Jen told of her own personal humiliation or guilt or joy, I, I think that those had a big influence on me or impact. And when you're driving around in a car for eight hours, you get sick of the music that you, you have in your, you know, back then for me, it was CDs or on your iPod. And there's only so much music you can listen to. And, and if you're just without these podcasts to help me think <laughs> about other things, it's just me alone in a car. And I get sick of myself, yeah. just <laughs> the thoughts in my head. Well, the, so speaking when, of the music thing, April, yeah. I think when you, when you're yeah. driving, I've done a lot of driving in my life too. And, and it can ruin your music for you because you just, you yes. listen to the music that you like too much. Too much. And then mm -hmm. like a year later, the song comes on, you switch it off immediately. Cause like, Oh, that music kind of means loneliness to me right. now. <laughs> Bad rest. Stops. It, it's, it's really, oh my gosh. So I, when I first started this job, I primarily listened to indie rock. And not the happy sort of indie rock. Right. So, yeah. So I, it was depressing. Yeah. It was really depressing. And and um, this, back then it was iPods were new. And I remember trying to decide: Do I want an iPod or do I want serious radio? And but I need to do something because I, I'm gonna. It's almost. It, this seems overly dramatic, but it's almost like being in solitary. You know, you're mm -hmm. just kind of. I can imagine what that would be like. Um, just from being in a confined space with yourself mm -hmm. for hours and hours and hours. And uh, when I would do these nine hour, eight, nine hour drives, it, it's just, you feel like you need somebody to talk to or, or something to stimulate your brain. That's just not you thinking about all the things you should be doing at home mm -hmm. or, you know, that you can't do cause you're in a car yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I had moved to a new town where I didn't know any, anybody and it was a small town and my job was taking me out of town so um, having, being able to listen to people, and it, it sounds really you know, embarrassing, but I would kind of talk to myself in the car or at least think of how I would respond to what um, Luke and Jen and Sean were saying and, and kind of inserting my, imagining myself in, uh, you know, the room with them and right. having that sense of community, I think really kept me a little mentally stable mm -hmm. on these long drives. And uh, I really, I think that's that sense of community started with Jen and I think it's continued with the Stens and what you're doing. Uh, it just really makes me feel like this is something that's going to be around for a while. Um, and for people who do move to a new town or new city, it's nice to know that there's, you have this community that's outside of, it's it, that you can find and right. you can create um, and ask for people to come to events. And if you don't know anybody, you at least ha you at least know that you have the similar sensibility. Um, if you listen to this, this podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the new like bowling alley <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the new way people can kind of be, um, well, there's all this conversation about the fear of technology and, and social media isolating people and, you know, so people don't go out and do things. But I actually think this is an example of how people can meet through so, social mm -hmm. media and then create a community right. uh, outside of their house. And you know? and it's uh, it, we're we're gathering around an interest that is really a shared experience, because I I think like you can join like a motorcycle club and yeah, everyone likes the same motorcycle. That doesn't mean you're probably going to get along 
with the other guy that right. likes motorcycles. But if you like this show, there's a really good chance you're going to like another person who likes this show. So it's a pretty high batting average, I think, in, in connecting people mentally. Absolutely. And I love I love hearing about how people are going to visit another city and they're like, hey, are there any tens mm-hmm. here? I'm going to look at the 10 page. Oh, are you guys having a meetup? I'd like to come. Mm-hmm. And the the most exciting thing about going to Park Slope, I mean, I had friends in New York and Robin, her, her sister's in New York. So, I mean, who needs an excuse to go to New York? I mean, we just, you know, this was a good excuse. So, you know, flying out there, it wasn't just for the show. I mean, it's to be in New York and to visit our people. But, um, but I remember after the show meeting Josh Ho- John Hodgman and um, the guy from Mad Men, I can't remember his name, and um, Eugene Merman were there. And they were all kind of like sitting at this table in the bar and they were chatting and I was like a little teeny. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go say hi and see if I can get some signatures. And, um, and so I went over and I just remember talking to them and they were kind of kind of jerky. Uh-huh. They were kind of mean. And I just remember turning to some 10 I had met and saying, I'm more excited to meet this guy than any of you, you know? And that was, oh. <laughs> that was the, and then I complimented Eugene Merman on something he did, but you know, it was just kind of one of those things where I thought, you know, these are the nerds. These are not, yeah. these are not like really, it's not like going to see Brad Pitt and walking up to him or in Angelina Jolie on their family vacation or something. I mean, they came to this event, which they, they know it's filled with people who are super fans and that they're kind of nerding out about this being at this event and watching the show. And it kind of surprised me because they were, they're nerds themselves. And I thought they would be more, you know, friendly, but, uh, but it was true. I was more excited to meet the tens and Sean and, and Luke and Jen and everybody, you know, that Mm -hmm. was more exciting to me than, you know, meeting those guys. But, and, and that's, what's magical about this thing is that, you know, I, to get excited to go to another city and meet random people I've never met before, um, just because they listen to this podcast, it, it's hard to explain to anybody who isn't involved in it. I think um, because my friends and trying to explain that to any 11s is <laughs> it's really hard sometimes. Like, well, oh, speaking of that, before hey, we're going to yeah, go ahead. Before we get to the clip, uh, you recently got married, and is is this an 11 or is he a 10 or what's his status? 12. <laughs> oh, I tried to pull him in. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's more of a 12, I would say. Um, but he, so I remember trying to sneak TBTL into his life. So we were get, he was getting ready. <laughs> so I have a house and um, he was getting ready to move in with me. And um, he was particular about the colors of the, the house. So I had to paint, we had to paint the house um, approved colors. And um, he has, he has OCD. So that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just like, he likes his, his environment to be a certain way and his living space to be a certain way. So I thought, perfect. I'm just going to play some TBTL <laughs> while we're painting oh. and then just be, you know, this will be just background noise. And while he's I putting up was, the Denver Bronco logos in the, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Painting blue and orange. all yeah. over. Um, so, uh, we're, it was the, and it was the best of, they were doing some I think it was maybe it might have been during the holidays nice or something. Nice work. Was, yes. Yeah. Best of. Did not fly at all. <laughs> he was just like, can we stop listening to this? Oh, no. I'm like, oh, so devastated. And That's I'm like, heartbreaking. Well, 
Yeah, this is one area where we're not going to meet. <laughs> this is one. And I, every once in a while, because I think he would like a lot of the segments. And mm-hmm. A lot of the, especially now that it's um, Luke and Andrew, I think he would get a lot out of yeah. um, the, just the Game of Thrones talk, the sports talk. I think he would like some of that. And actually, TBTL helps me with the sports talk because I always listen to the sports talk, even though it's mainly Seahawks based. Mm-hmm. But, um, I do learn some things that I can throw out into conversation with him. And it looks like I'm, you know, trying to, um, get him on his level. So, uh, <laughs> it's like the, the USA today, the front page of that. And, uh, you know, which, you know, well, get that less nowadays because people are going environmentally friendly, but, um, uh, you know, hotels historically have the USA today, Oh, I know it. Last two days, I've gotten my USA Today. I catch up on all the flooding around my hometown. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's sad. Sad news bears. Um, But um, anyway, uh, uh, that's how I get my news. Is (laughs) for sports. It's like, is it on the front page of the Mm -hmm. of the USA? You know, sports section of the USA Today while I'm taking it out and throwing it away or <laughs> is, it, is it on TVTL? And those are the two areas where I get um, my, my sports news. So, and, and he'll, he'll test me. Uh, so he'll, he'll try to see if something is um, a national sports story by asking me if I know about it. And if I know about it, he knows that it's, it's kind of a big, it's not just mm-hmm. in the sports world. that right. It's a it's an Adrian Peterson like, level thing where everybody's going to be yeah. talking about it. Exactly. So, you know, deflate gate, I, I know about yep. it, you know, but if it's something more detailed about draft picks, no idea. I have no idea. So, um, so TBTL helps me in that way. But uh, when we first started dating, I would, I don't quote things a lot. But those drops just get in your head. Mm-hmm. Drops get in your head and you just start saying them at random moments. And when you're around 11s or 12s, they just you get, give you the, that look of what what are you talking about? And um, likewise, he quotes movies sometimes and I don't know what he's talking about. So um, now he's learned to <laughs> say um, – He's learned to say, you know, is that from your podcast? <laughs> if I quote something, it'll be like, is that from your podcast? And uh, the other times, other times he'll recognize the clip. So he'll get excited. At least he did in the beginning of her relationship. And now <laughs> he'd hear the Family Guy quote and it's like, oh, you watch Family Guy? <laughs> No, I don't even know where that's from. <laughs> or he'll ask me, oh, what, what is that from? And I'm like, I have no idea. It's from TBTL. Right. That's, all, that's, that's as far as I That's the source. I know. That's the source. So it's, it's kind of funny how much confusion it causes, but now he's pretty dismissive, just like, mm. oh, that's from your podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we each have our thing, you know, like uh, Emily and I are both into TBTL, but she's not into sports at all in fact yeah. like whenever sports are on or football games on she'll just walk by and she'll she'll point at the tv and yell that was offsides <laughs> and she oh, thinks she thinks that's you know it's in half the time she's right which is pretty good because we are talking about the seahawks defensive line um so you talked about how jen means so much to you but this particular clip we're going to play this morning uh is actually all luke he sets up a joke and he executes that joke and it's it's very it's 
it's a throwaway segment that has lasted a long time because I, I've always loved it. And you aren't the only one to have suggested this one. So, uh, Jeremy, let's play that clip right now. Time for uh, blinding you with a little bit of science. This is a story I actually saw yesterday uh, in New Scientist. Yeah, I read it. <laughs> sure. And that happened. <laughs> uh, no, I think I saw a link somewhere, probably at uh, uh, maybe kotkey.org or clusterflock or one of these. There's a couple of the blogs that – you know how all the, all the different blogs you look at serve different purposes? Like for gossipy publishing and uh, journalism type of stuff, I go to Gawker. And for gossipy movie kind of stuff, I go to Defamer. And then for like smart stuff, I go to kotki.org. I go to boingboing.net. And I go to uh, clusterflock. And then for weird-ass pictures, I go to this thing called Fist of Blog. We've got to put a blog roll up. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was, I was looking at one of them, probably uh, one of the smart ones, and they uh, had a link to this story on New Scientist. And uh, th- it, it uh, concerns an anthropologist at uh, Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton. <laughs> Does not exactly sound like an academically rigorous no. part of the country. No. <laughs> I'm studying at Florida Atlantic Boca Raton campus. <laughs> but the guy, Robert McCarthy... Uh, who's an anthropologist, was making a presentation uh, a couple days ago at the American Association of Physical Anthropologists. So, you know, he obviously knows his stuff. They're letting him speak at this uh, conference of physical anthropologists. Uh, And what Robert McCarthy claims is that he has been able to figure out what Neanderthals' speaking voices sounded like. And Neanderthals have not been around for 30,000 years. And uh, such a made-up story. It is not a made-up story. Would NewScientist.com lie to me? Was the publishing date April 1st? No, April 15th. Okay. Go on. Uh, and he thinks that he has been able to figure out what their speaking voice would sound like. Now, his work is based on some work done in the 1970s by a guy named Phil Lieberman, who was a linguist at Brown University. Okay, now that now okay. we're getting classy. Okay. <laughs> now I'm starting to believe your caveman talk. Now here's the thing about Neanderthal. They're not humans. This is something that people get confused. They're not like they're they were in another stage of evolution. But they're they're it's not like they're just humans that were stooped over. They're kind of a different animal, if you will. But close to us, but part of the evolutionary chain. Uh, this guy, uh, Phil Lieberman, in the 1970s, uh, he inferred the dimensions of the larynx of a Neanderthal based on its skull. Uh, and his team concluded that Neanderthal speech did not have the subtlety of modern human speech. So based on the size of their, you know, head they found or whatever, they, they figured out what they, how, how large the larynx is. And so, uh, working off of that, this guy, Robert McCarthy, who's doing this nowadays, he said, uh, the Neanderthals would have spoken a bit differently. They wouldn't have been able to produce these uh, guantal vowels that form the basis of spoken language. Guantal vowels. Uh, apparently, uh, guantal vowels uh, are the uh, where oh uh, but, 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 where did I where did I highlight this? Guantal vowels are like the thing in speech that allow us to tell the difference between. A lot of words kind of sound the same, but because we can say the same kind of sound but just slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's in this article somewhere. 
guantel vowels and guantel vowels provide cues that help speakers with different size vocal tracts understand one another. So, like when we're speaking, we're, it's it's just a more sophisticated way of communicating, and it means you can have a larger, a more robust language because you can just do a lot more with it, as opposed to it just being like these little monotone yeah. kind of grunty sounds, right? Uh, and so. Uh, McCarthy and his team have simulated Neanderthal speech based on new reconstructions of three Neanderthal vocal tracks um, based on 50,000-year-old fossils that came from France. All right? Now, this is, by the way, not uh, not being accepted scientifically everywhere. Maybe because the guy's from Boca Raton. Maybe because he's trying to guess at what a Neanderthal sounded like 30,000 years ago. <laughs> Uh, maybe because he, uh, you know, studied previously at St. Regis. I don't know. Um, uh, but there, there is some disagreement because Neanderthals had large brains. That was one of the things. That was why Neanderthals were kind of a big leap in the evolutionary. Of course, I'm sorry for the uh, for the creationists out there. In the theory of evolution, which is only a theory, uh, the idea is that Neanderthals had really large brains, larger than other things that had been coming down the down the pipe. And so suddenly it was like a big deal. They were able to do a lot more. Um, anyway, Neanderthals had large brains. And a guy named uh, Eric Trinkaus, who's at uh, Washington University in St. Louis, said, ultimately what is important is not the anatomy of the mouth, but the neuronal control of it. So other guys are saying, look, they had big brains. And so they were able to speak and able to communicate in a, in a more complex way than you think. It's not really that their larynx didn't work, whatever. It's that their brains were big enough to make this stuff happen. Uh, another thing that, that was found I thought was really interesting is that last year researchers discovered Neanderthals shared a version of a gene called FOXP2, F-O-X-P2, with humans. Uh, and humans missing a copy of the FOXP2 gene suffer from language and speech disorders. So that's like they think maybe the essential thing to being able to talk the way that we talk. And by the way, uh, our, our fox P2 is different from chimpanzees. So it's like a very uniquely human thing and very important to speech. So Robert McCarthy gets up there to give his presentation to all of these anthropologists. Conference room somewhere. They've gathered. I mean, new scientists are writing about it. This was probably the hot, hot lecture. I'm sure. And... Not only has he figured out this uh, kind of amazing, uh, you know, he's done this amazing bit of inference with uh, with figuring out what their voices sounded like. He's actually managed to, using a computer model, using sophisticated computer processes, he has managed to figure out, uh, you know, what it sounded like and how to recreate it on a computer, uh, which is stunning. So everyone gathers in the hallway. I mean, in the, in the ballroom, they're flooded out into the hallway. They're, they're people, little scientists in lab coats have their noses pressed up against the glass of the door. They just want to hear. I mean, this is like from beyond the grave. This is 30,000 years in the making. And Robert McCarthy gets up there on stage and says, All right, people, we've waited 30,000 years. Here it is. <laughs> That's the sound he created. Would you like to hear it again? Sure. <laughs> That's totally the sound effect. That's it. It's a Neanderthal saying the letter E. <laughs> it, wow, that must have brought the house down. 
I would have started throwing tomatoes <laughs> like it was some kind of, you know, Marx Brothers act or something. Uh, apparently, uh, he's hoping to, he says, uh, add, uh, add more letters and eventually, let's see, by modeling the sounds the Neanderthal pipes would have made, McCarthy's team engineered the sound of a Neanderthal saying E. Sounds a lot like this. <laughs> <laughs> he plans eventually to simulate an entire Neanderthal sentence. I think he maybe should have waited till he had the sentence. <laughs> I mean, talk about a letdown. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> if he was able to build that, don't you think he could have gotten the other vowels together? I mean, I know it's not easy. Well, I think we can probably infer that A is like, ah. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to make at least... A whole, like, one word. Because when I read this article, and it, it said somewhere you can actually hear the sound file, I was, like, so excited. I expected it to be, like, a caveman going, you know, woolly mammoth. Although they wouldn't have spoken English. <laughs> they wouldn't have called it woolly mammoth. I guess that's part of the problem. Think about it. They didn't speak English. Right. So what would you have them say? Just, I guess, <laughs> or something about Geico. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> So maybe that was one of the challenges. You can't have them saying, you know, check out my cave drawing because they wouldn't have said that. Right. Um, but then apparently, I guess to, to help give us some context for this, the uh, New Scientist website, and I think this was provided by Robert McCarthy too, they also put up a sound file of a modern person saying the E sound so you can hear the difference. <laughs> that is much more. Okay, so this is the modern person. <laughs> That's how we say it now with our full use of our quantal vowels. And this is apparently a, a Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, there you go. Consider yourself blinded by science here on TVTL. Uh, amazing stuff. My favorite part of that clip is that Jen immediately is calling bullshit sorry aiden on the on the article itself <laughs> yeah. because it's yes. from some study in boca raton yeah it's funny listening back to that it reminds me of um andrew not believing anything on the internet he kind yes. of was like, yep. but I, I think what it speaks to is uh jen and luke knew each other so well um having grown up together and that chemistry she knew something wasn't right because of what Luke, how Luke was was presenting it. and she how interested that, he was in doing research for the show and right. bringing an article, it was all <laughs> yeah, so fishy. Right, right. he like got up before five o'clock p.m. that day and looked something up on the internet. Fishy, fishy, fishy at every turn. Right. Well, and then the thing about it for me is that I am pretty gullible in some ways, um, it, which is yeah, it surprises. I surprise myself sometimes with how gullible. I am. Um, but I was I was into this story because I, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, archaeology or linguistics. Yeah. How we're using science to figure out yeah. how are these lingu linguists figuring this out uh, based on the the bones that they have. And that's all they have. Mm -hmm. So I was in for it. And he didn't <laughs> mention he, he didn't mention right away that there was a clip. So he's kind of slowly building. He's like, first it's the article, and he, you can tell he's actually reading a real thing, and he's mm -hmm. all these details, and he's throwing out the French fossils and uh, all these technical terms. 
And so I'm buying it. I'm in it. And then all of a sudden he mentions there's an audio clip and I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm riveted. Yep. I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to hear this thing. Yep. <laughs> and you know, he's throwing out the sophisticated computer models and you know, this presentation and all this. And then the buildup was just well, perfect. When he starts, when he starts painting the picture, stuff that's not in the article, yeah. like there are scientists yeah. uh, steaming up the windows, <laughs> trying to look in and catch one glimpse of this you genius. Guys, I have a question. This wasn't real. Yeah. This was all a joke. No, this was a real story. No, it's a real story. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. But but, but, but the, his build up yeah. okay. I mean there was I'm sure there's nothing in the article about a seat lottery for the right. for the seminar. <laughs> but, but then so you're expecting something really interesting. Right. Like really fantastic sound that yeah. you're gonna hear because all this technology and research and, and knowledge and all these smart people getting together and there's this presentation and then it's just the eh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that is the old, I mean I know I've laughed hard at other moments of TVTL but that is the only yeah. story that I remember just laughing so hard right. and and it still makes me laugh I go back and I listen um well the reason why I thought of this article is that something was floating around Facebook another story an, an updated story about Neanderthals and talking and 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 what they sounded like and that just I immediately thought of that clip right mm -hmm. away I just because <laughs> it is it was one of those times where I just laughed so hard because I bought into it so much yeah I was a lot I mean even though Jen was skeptical I'm like why is she being so rude about this like just get on board like let's listen to what Vuk has to say mm -hmm. about this yeah. fascinating topic and then and th that was just and Jen's laughter that's one thing yeah I also Jen's missed. laugh Amazing. It's just, yeah, amazing. So, uh, th yeah, that's why th I think <laughs> I think that there are longer clips and there are better stories and more, you know, in interviews uh -huh. and stuff like that. But this was one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, this there's something special about Luke and the show and the the chemistry between Jen and Luke. Just, um, I do miss that, and I wish Jen would come on the show. I thought she was going to be doing guest appearances. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of, I, something must have happened, but, um, you know, I know she wanted to kind of get away from TVTL, but, um, I, I miss her so much yeah. for, for all these reasons. Like there's just something about her and her style and her, her production that I just miss. Um, and that chemistry between, not that Andrew and Luke don't have their own special chemistry, just different. <laughs> but just different. Right. But Andrew and isn't I, a St. Like Regis him. trained physician. Yes. As, that's true. Uh, as that's right. the show's that's missing right. their their show doctors yeah. since Jen left. Well, what's funny is in uh, outside of Denver, there's a Regis University. So I remember when they were talking about that, and I was mm -hmm. really confused <laughs> because I'm like, "Oh, that's a real that's a real Catholic university. It's right. Yeah, it's right there's a Saint Regis there. town in uh, in Montana. I remember <laughs> taking a picture of it as Emily and I were driving across the country, and we were so happy to have found Saint Regis. <laughs> Actually, it's st stopped in this little town. Um, but my favorite um, thing about Jen in this short clip, though, was when Luke said, well, they're going to keep gathering this and that. And maybe in so many years, they can, they'll can they have a full word and then maybe a full sentence. And she says, I think maybe they should have waited till they had the whole sentence. <laughs> we can all guess. A will be ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that oh. Ah. <laughs> I, oh, that was 
also like how they 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 played the clip of the the what a what a human sounds like to, saying the vowel, right. and I'm like, this is this doesn't sound that great either. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, who's this guy? <laughs> this is all in Oh my gosh, that was that was really funny. I I just really enjoyed that clip, and um, it's a, like again, it's just such a small, tiny little thing, but I think it's. You know, the, Luke and Andrew like to um, downplay the show or make it sound like it's all, you know, make all these self-deprecating jokes. And, and Luke has always done that. But um, I think that it's these little moments that just stand out. That's what why people listen to the show. Yeah, it's it's not it'll be a one liner that somebody says or it'll be a specific segment or when they go off on their tangents. I love when they go off on tangents for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> When it gets to be like five American pies, you're like, okay, yeah. okay. What was on the show sheet? Can we go back to that? Um, but uh, I, I think that's what draws people in, and I love listening to your show because it reminds me. I'm not one of these people. One of the the tens who goes back and listens to the shows starting from the beginning and, yeah. and listens. And so it's really, it's really great to, to not have to do all that work and effort and to have people just play these, um, their favorite clips and yeah. remember what the show was like and, and remember um, all those segments. I mean, with Tom Tangney, when you, you played that clip um, when Andrew was on and I miss him too. And I, and I would have never known that he existed. No without tbtl i just being in denver i mean he's just some person on the you know on the west coast in seattle but like i don't it's just not something i would have been introduced to and i loved the oscar shows those were great those were great where they would mm. cook and make a meal all the cooking seg- segments there are no more cooking segments and those were the best train wrecks um <laughs> they were always disasters <laughs> But entertaining disasters, and so I—I I don't know. I wish I wish um, the Luke and Andrew still could come up with their own way to, and they do some of it with the Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. uh, sports talk and stuff like that. But I I wish there were some fun segments that um, they don't really have anymore. Well, I really like the the segment that you picked. For one thing, it's one of the funniest things that was ever executed on the show. <laughs> And for the other, it's really short segment uh, because yeah. the other one that you submitted was were my interviews, and God knows yeah. we ru- we're already we already run so long with this show. <laughs> let's let's tack another two or three hours on top of an episode. So there's just no way that's ever going to happen on here. Maybe we'd break it down some other way. But um, April, great stories. I didn't know this. I didn't know this stuff about New York and, and you going to Luke's house and stuff. I've, I've really yeah. enjoyed this. Thanks for coming on for this. Well, thanks for having me. And, uh, I will be beating myself up, um, for years to come about <laughs> all the mistakes I made. No, you're so. great. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll reconvene tomorrow and do it again. Yeah. I'm sure the, <laughs> oh, I'm sure people on the, on the Stens page will let you know what you did wrong. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. We're starting to get our own, uh, our own set of sharpshooters. <laughs> Yeah, let's not encourage. I don't. I don't want to fill a Fletcher situation right. where I have to stay off the Sens page. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. We're we're never gonna let that happen no. again. Well, so how to get involved with our show? Do what April did. Go to the website littleredbandwagon.com, Fill out the form. Um, try to find your clip for us, and we can get you on the show. I guess there was some chatter today. Um, 
that some people were wondering when we were going to get to their submissions and such. And you looked through your list and didn't even see any of these people. Yeah, they submitted. said that they'll never make the cut. Right. But none of them have submitted. So, so basically, they're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you never try, you're right. You're never going to get on. <laughs> I'm not going to magically divine that you want to be on the show and write to you on Facebook and ask you to be on the show. That's not going to happen. No. You have to do something like April did and and fill out the form. Uh, Facebook, you can go to the Stens page or ours, and we're always playing around on there. We have personal Twitters, at Drew McFrizz. I am at least one-tenth as funny as Luke, so you should follow <laughs> me there. And I'm at Drew McFrizz. She, um, Christy is at Kissy Eyes, at K-I-S-S-I-E-I-Y-E-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, show Twitter at LRB Podcast. Email us, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com to let us know all, of all the mistakes April made. And we'll forward all that <laughs> negative feedback to poor April. Voicemail 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. Um, call and leave us a voicemail. And uh, Christy, if it's particularly insulting, we'll, we'll play it for me. But I'm not, I know she won't share any positive stuff with me. Housekeeping. Um, just a couple things for housekeeping this this week. Um, I'm going to be attending the the Green Grasshoppers game here um, on Saturday morning, so I'm I'm going to have a report on that. My friend Mo was going to be with me. Hopefully, World Barb Barb Aerosmith is going to be there as well. Um, Ellie confirmed with me tonight that I'm going to be at the game. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be a chief though. She calls the the all coaches are chiefs yeah, yeah i don't think i'm gonna be a chief though I, oh i, I f- think i feel we might like pull you from the bench feel like you have six players and two chiefs already you're it's it's kind of chief <laughs> it's getting chief heavy they're three and four each player has about two people on the field at right. all times <laughs> i'll take them all for basketball season <laughs> okay you know you can pass them all to me for that you got a tall kid here so i think i can work with her um cat roll alert by the time you hear this we're hoping one of the most epic cat rolls in history has yes. happened. Um, oh. Hashtag thanks, Aiden. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and our our super fan, our young super fan, Aiden, is integral in this cat rolling that that hopefully has happened. And you'll be hearing about it on TBTL on Monday, probably. Of course, you'll definitely be hearing about it on our weekly wrap up on Monday morning. So get that as soon as you can, and we will unpack the the cat roll gosh i hope it happens i now. too oh april we'll we'll tell you about it we'll tell you about it after we yes i'm, I'm so excited <laughs> I, I love andrew so much but um it's just so funny it's just yeah. so funny yeah we would never do this to jen though <laughs> no no <laughs> all right christy that's that's all i have thanks again april you're welcome thanks for having me until next time this is the next party and two things I love you, Jen, and never wait for cake. Nailed it. Nailed it.